Um, this morning, I want to try to be brief so we can go out and enjoy as much of the sunshine as possible. Um, I want to talk about prophecy. <laughs> and not like the scary kind of prophecy um, that we're going to talk about some political uh, person or what's going on in the Middle East right now. I want to talk about how God uses each and every one of you to change the lives of the person sitting next to you. Because I don't know if you know this or not, but if you're a believer in this room, if, if you've asked the Lord to, to come into your heart to radically save you, if you've put your faith in the gospel, uh, you are prophetic. You are a prophet. When God was talking to Moses in the Old Testament, he said, I wish that all of my people were to be prophets. And in the new covenant, he got his wish. He, he, made, uh, he made good on a promise that he made to Moses. Um, so he opened up the door, he tore the veil, so there's nothing separating the spirit in us. So, so how do we do that? How do we go about that? I wanna read in 1 Corinthians 14, 1 Corinthians 14, starting in verse one, so the, the new living, says, let love be your highest goal. And if you don't get anything from the rest of, of today, let love be your highest goal. Let love be your highest goal. If you don't listen to anything else that I have to say, let love be your highest goal. Let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities that the Spirit gives. That word desire is a, is a Greek word called zelu. It means to burn, to have something in you that burns for the spiritual gifts that, that the Holy Spirit gives, especially the, the ability to prophesy. So burn for all of the gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. Why? Uh, for if you have the ability to speak in other tongues, you will only be talking to God since people won't be able to understand you. You will be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will be mysterious. But one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, comforts them. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but the one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. So what Paul's, what Paul's not doing here is, is bashing tongues. Obviously, we know, know that from the, the rest of his writings. But what Paul's doing is elevating prophecy, saying, hey, if you guys are gonna burn for a gift, burn for all of them, but especially the, that you would have the ability to prophesy. He's saying that if you prophesy, you have the ability to impact more lives than if you're just speaking in tongues without interpretation. Um, it changes more lives, it strengthens more people, it encourages more people, it brings comfort. Did you know that Paul talks about the gift of prophecy more than any other spiritual gift in the New Testament? More time is dedicated to the gift of prophecy than any other spiritual gifting. So if more time is given to it, it stands to reason that it's, that it's important for us to research, important for us to pray about, important for us to go after. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, well, why are we told to seek after this more than anything else? If it's that important, why is it that important? And I just want to kind of back up a little bit and define what do we mean by prophecy? Because I think that in the modern Western church, we have kind of this weird view of prophecy. Some of us do. Um, so I just want to read a few verses, and uh, they won't be up on the screen. You can write them down and look them up later. Isaiah 51, 16 God says, I have put my word in your mouth. Jeremiah 1.9 says, the Lord reached out and touched my mouth and said, look, I have put my words in your mouth. Exodus 4.12, now go and I will be with you, speaking to Moses, as you speak and I will instruct you in what to say. Deuteronomy 18.18, 18, um, prophesying a, a, 
future event about Jesus says, I will raise up a prophet like you from among the fellow Israelites and I will put my words in his mouth and he will tell the people everything that I've commanded him. John 8, 28. So Jesus said, when you have lifted up the son of man on the cross, you will understand that I am he. I do nothing on my own, but I say what, only what the father has taught me to say. So the, the concept of prophecy, why prophecy is important, what the big deal about it is, is simply the, what, what we have labeled the interaction between God and us, where God spends time, puts his words in our mouth. He uses us as a mouthpiece for his will. And that's what prophecy is. Now, it can be spoken words or it can be an action or a song uh, or a worship leader. Someone that, or something that you kind of just say in passing to the person sitting next to you. It doesn't have to feel weird. You don't have to get a goosebump for it. Um, you don't have to rattle and shake. You don't need not one tambourine to prophesy. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you feel led to have a tambourine, um, there is a form in the back that we need you to fill out. I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, what God does is he plants a seed in our hearts and it bubbles out in the form of prophecy. Have you ever been talking to someone, uh, talking to a best friend or listening to uh, some worship music or listening to someone speak and something just hit you right and you sense, well, that was different. You know, Pastor Paul could be preaching and it's like, you're talking about me. You know, you, you know and people get irritated. Like, how did you know that? Like, Easy. Something hits you, like steps on your toes a little bit, or it feels like it hits you in the forehead, or your friend just happens to say the perfect thing at the perfect time, the thing that you needed to hear more than anything else, and it just comes out in natural conversation. Well, that's prophecy. That's the word of the Lord coming through somebody else into you. Um, I know that most of us have, uh, at least I do, I'm not going to speak for you guys, but at least I have... Yes. I love you, Siobhan. <laughs> I just pointed her out. I'm so sorry. I apologize. I'm going to get it. I, okay, perfect example. I have tons of experience saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. So in this situation, would saying the wrong thing in the wrong time be the right thing at the right time? No, okay, <laughs> moving on, it, it, I thought it was cool. But every once in a while, you'll start telling someone something and you sense, I don't know where this is coming from, but it sounds really cool. Like in the midst of you talking out someone's problem, you know, you're like, well, I need to write this down. Where is this coming from? It's coming from God. <laughs> God's put something inside of you and at the right time, that seed goes now it's my time to come out. And it just starts coming out and it's the perfect thing. It says the perfect thing at the right time. Um, why, is, why is that special feeling that you get when that happens? Why is it different than you saying the wrong thing at the wrong time? Why is it that when you say the right thing at the right time, things get better? And when you say something dumb in a awkward situation, things get worse. Why is that? Well, one of them is coming from you. Well, the other one's coming from heaven. And so Psalm 33, 6 says that the Lord merely spoke and the heavens were created. He breathed the word and all the stars were born. And John 6, 63, 
says the spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words that I, Jesus, have spoken to you are spirit and that they're life. The reason why it's different when you say the right thing at the right time, the the reason why it's different when you're prophesying, when the Lord is using you to speak into someone's life, is because when, when a word comes from heaven, it's got something attached to it. It's got the power of heaven attached to it. And what is the power of heaven? Well, God spoke and the universe bursted into existence. He looked out into the darkness and said, light. And it happened that the universe, that, that matter, that creation responded just to the word of the Lord out of nothing. He didn't get a universe starter kit from Hobby Lobby. He didn't have any instructions that went along with it. He spoke and it happened. So if you're sitting here today and you can't figure out any way how the Lord is gonna rescue you in a situation. It's like, God, I'm looking at my life, I'm looking at my budget, I'm looking at, at everything at the end of the month and I don't see anything that you have to work on. Well, great. He excels in creating something out of nothing. He excels in being able to fix everything with nothing to go on. Did you know that when Jesus multiplied the fish, he didn't actually need fish to multiply? He could have just created it out of thin air. Well, why is the the word of heaven or the word of the Lord different in another way? Jesus says that the words from heaven are spirit and that they're life. Meaning that they don't exist in the realm of the mind. It's not about knowledge. This is not your calculus homework. Thank you, Lord. It's not in the mind, it's in the heart. And so what a a funny thing that the the word of the Lord um, can do is it goes out and it bypasses all of your mental defenses it bypasses all of the masks and it hits right on your heart. Have you, ever, you guys ever had that happen to you before? Someone's preaching and you, know, you got your, your smile on. Hey, how are you doing today? Thank you so much for coming out to Church on Hill. This is great. And you hear something, it's like, oh, you weren't supposed to get that close. You broke past my defenses. You're, you're messing with my wall. And it can get kind of, kind of nervous pretty quick because the spirit of the Lord goes out and it just bypasses all of those defenses plants into your heart and there's nothing you can do about it. It goes, you've already heard the word. You can't unhear any words. You can't pull them out of your ears. You can't pull them out of your heart. It's already been done. Damage has already been done to the kingdom of darkness. And it happens that quickly. You know, uh, like I was saying earlier, sometimes the, the voice of the Lord will just stumble out of, um, out of your mouth and it's good when that happens. And it kind of reminds me of, of what happened to Aaron, the high priest in, uh, in the Old Testament. And it's a stretch, and I'll, I'll, I'll get there eventually. When Aaron was anointed high priest, when he became high priest, they took it a bucket of oil, not kind of the little dabble, do you, thing that we do. They took it a bucket of oil, this fragrant uh, oil, and they poured it on Aaron and his son's heads. And the oil ran down, messed up his garments, But even if you were blind and Aaron walked by you, you could tell that someone different walked by because they didn't have jacuzzis, they didn't have hot tubs, they didn't have running water, they didn't have showers. So Aaron smelled different than anybody else that passed. He smelled wonderful. And most of the people that passed did not smell wonderful. So when Aaron walked by, someone different has has entered into the room. And that process was called anointing. He was smeared. He was dripping with this oil. 
And it's a symbol of what happens when the word of the Lord stumbles out of our mouths. It's like the words are dripping, smeared with this fragrance of heaven. And it's just different. You know, we'll say that a, a preacher sometime is anointed. Well, that man's anointed. Or a worship leader is anointed because Miss Tammy is anointed. We'll say that a song is anointed or a dance is anointed. And it's just a word that we mean or that we use when we kind of sense there's something different about this. This isn't just a normal message. This isn't just words that are coming out of Pastor Paul's mouth that he thought up. This isn't just a song that the band wanted to play. There's something different on this. This is hitting me differently. Why am I crying? Why, are there, why am I leaking? Something's different. This is not like songs on the radio. And that's anointed because you can sense this otherworldliness that this word, that this song, that this action, this message is coming from a different place other than the realm of the mind. It's coming from heaven. Amen? Have you guys ever, have, ever felt that? Like, ooh, something's different. Sometimes people will get goosebumps. And not that we go after feelings, but they're kind of a byproduct of, of what's going on. The Bible says that we are supposed to train our senses to be able to detect good and evil. That even our senses, like our sight, smell, touch, taste, will be able to figure out right and wrong. That our bodies would know instinctively, this is from the Holy Spirit or this is not from the Holy Spirit. This is from a crazy person. Because sometimes that does happen. So if, uh, if the word of the Lord is so powerful, if it can change lives just in, by accident, uh, we, were, um, we were in Nashville at a, a worship conference um, that I had the opportunity to be on the prayer team on this past weekend. So we we're on the prayer team and I was standing with my friend Betsy and uh, this lady came up and she was kind of limping um, and they had called everybody forward. You know, if, if you have a, a physical problem in your body, you know, you want prayer for healing, you know, go ahead and come forward. So she was kind of limping and, you know, had a little bit of tear uh, streaks and she came up and just started praying for her and blessing her. And I just, I got the feeling that, um, that God was wanting to, to get her back into hiking, um, found out that she had MS and that was the reason why she was limping. And when I said that God wanted her to get back into hiking, she just lost it. And, you know, sometimes you, tr you try not to, to pay attention to someone's emotional state. So, like, I'm, I just keep on praying it out that God's wanting to, to take her up on mountaintops to find hidden trails that, that, you know, just delight a hiker's heart. Does anyone here like to hike? Can you just lift up your hand. You know, like, when you find, I don't like to hike. Just, I, I want to be transparent. But, you know, when you find a trail that, that's kind of off the beaten path and you see a sight that no one's ever seen, you see the sun come up over a mountain rise or a mountain chain that maybe no one's ever seen before, or you see a valley full of fog that no one's ever seen before because you're on this hiking trail. Well, I'm just kind of praying this over her and she's you know, obviously getting touched. And um, after uh, we were praying for her, she was like, you have no idea. I have been waiting for years to hear someone say that because when I got diagnosed with MS, that's the thing that I missed most, that I can't hike anymore. I didn't know that. I mean, she didn't have a North Face jacket on. Like she didn't, she didn't look like a hiker, you know? I didn't, I wasn't spying on her. It wasn't a setup. She didn't fill out a prayer card in, to begin with. It was a word from the Lord that came in 
that just in passing, I just said, you know, God's wanting to, to take you all these places. And I thought he was meaning metaphorical, you know, because it's like, oh, it sounds cool. That sounds cool. I want God to do that to me, you know. It sounds cool. I had no idea that he was meaning it literally, that he was literally wanting her to get back into hiking again. Changed her life over something in passing. So if it's that powerful, if a word that you say, if an action that you do can impact someone's life that much, how, how do we get in line for that? How do we get into that line? Well, have you ever spent so much time with one of your friends that you start adopting their phrases? Um, I had a friend that I went to Bible school with. I really hope he doesn't listen to this. Um, I have a little bit of a Southern accent. I went to a Bible school in Michigan and usually Southern accents kind of stick out. Well, his accent was a little bit worse than mine. So I kind of hid behind his accent and everyone said, oh, Justin, you don't have a bad accent at all because my buddy's was, was pretty bad. And it's like, oh yes, I don't have an accent, you know. Well, and it was, it was pretty bad, but every time he would talk to his grandmother on the phone, it would get bad. Like we'd be sitting there doing homework, you know, his phone, well, hey, granny, how are you doing? It's like, oh my goodness. And just being on the phone with his grandmother, he adopted her accent. And I've had, I've had friends in my life that you spend so much time with them, you start saying things the same way as them. Like, um, for instance, when I, uh, when I write my S's, my S's are my mom's S's. And it's just because I've been around her so long, I've adopted how she does her little curly cue at the end of her S. When you, when you spend time with someone, you adopt their way of speaking, you adopt their mannerisms. And the same thing's true with God. He's not like this bank account that every Sunday and every Wednesday night, you get this direct deposit of the word of the Lord. This only comes about by spending time with the Lord, by enjoying his company. Obviously, when you come in here on Sunday mornings, when you go through a, a worship service, when you sit under the word of the Lord, um, the written word of the Lord, when you read the Bible, when you pray, these are all you spending time with the Lord. And the longer you increase your time in the presence of the Lord, the greater uh, capacity you have to carry the word of the Lord to another situation. Does that make sense? And so there's not a microwave answer. Like I would love if there were seven steps to, to get this to happen every day. Like I would love to be able to know, okay, well, how do I prophesy 24 hours a day, seven days a week? And they haven't written that book yet. So if you find that book, um, tell me about it. I'll download it. Um, Preferably in the audiobook, you know, because we don't want to have to spend time waiting to read a book. We want, it, we want it downloaded instantly. We want someone else to read it. And it's just not like that. The kingdom doesn't operate like that. You have to spend time in the presence of the Lord. You have to spend so much time with him that he starts rubbing off on you. But this whole process happens to every one of you. If you're a believer, this happens to you. This has happened in the past. But just because sometimes we can kind of think that it's supposed to sound real spiritual, we miss it. You know, we just think, oh, well, yeah, I had some good advice for that person. And we let it go by. You don't need a microphone to be able to prophesy. I promise you. What this is supposed to happen, or the way that this is supposed to happen, is not that we have a steady stream of people grabbing a microphone and getting put on tape. Prophecy is supposed to work with you, crossing the aisle and speaking to you, and you speaking to him, you know, and 
the body being the body and in the nature of relationship, in the, in the context of family, we are strengthened, we are encouraged because as I speak words out of my mouth, as I serve you, as I pour into your life, the word of the Lord flows through me and into you, but it also flows through you and into me. And we are both mutually encouraged and not one piece of technology has to change hands. You don't need an iPhone to prophesy. It might help sometimes, but you don't need it. Um, the, the reason why this, this happens is because everything that happens in the kingdom is seed time and harvest. There are seasons in the kingdom. And have you ever noticed that you can have this awesome encounter with the Lord, awesome time of worship, and it seems like months later you're in a conversation and something really good just pops out? We kind of think that, well, the Lord's using me right now. Maybe, that might be it. But what it probably is, is several weeks or months ago, God put a seed in your heart and that seed has been waiting in the ground for the right time, the right circumstance, the right change of the climate. And when it feels the right time, it'll start sprouting. The, the seeds never look like the fruit. Have you ever noticed that? Like an apple seed doesn't look like an apple. Watermelon seed doesn't look like a watermelon. When God gives you something, it stays in the ground of your heart until it matures. And when it pops out, produce, harvest. And you get more than was put into you originally. Only if you can wait that time. So sometimes we can get real hyped up. We can have a, you know, a service you know, like this morning, awesome time of praise and worship. Um, I mean, it's pretty bad to say that awesome time of speaking, but you know, um, the word of the Lord goes out and you, yeah, prophecy. This is awesome. You know, and when you wake up tomorrow, it's like, well, that was gone. You know, the, the coolness is worn off. The newness is worn off of it. Hang in there. You will reap a harvest if you faint not. That seed goes into the ground and it stays in the ground. And when it comes up, it brings life. And so that's how, that's how this happens. That's how the whole process of this happens. One, you have to spend time with the Lord. You have to be in the presence of the Lord. You have to open up your Bible. You have to pray. You don't have to spend hours and hours and hours. Try a few seconds. Try just sitting in your car going, God, are you there? Yep, okay. If, if that's all you can take, that's all you can take. Um, I, am a, I am not a runner. I run, but I am not a runner. And Pete back there could pass me up. I, I, I probably couldn't drive fast enough to catch Pete when he's running. But I do run. And if I hang out with the runners, I start wanting to get better. I start trying to increase my time. When Pete comes in, it's like, yeah, I ran, you know, 60 miles an hour for three days straight. What'd you do? Oh, well, I mean, I, I ran a couple miles in an hour, you know. And it, it kind of makes me want to get better at it. Well, the same thing's true with this. Hang out with people that burn hotter than you do. If you see someone in your life that, like, man, every time that person talks to me, it's like they're getting straight downloads from heaven. Won't you hang out with that person? Won't you say, hey, can I take you out to coffee? Hey, can you take me out to coffee? Can you buy me lunch? You know, use it. You know, say that it's for spiritual development. Like, I just feel that the Lord wants you to buy me coffee. Um, <laughs> I mean, try it with each other, not me, not me. Try it with each other. 
So spend time in the presence of the Lord. Spend time reading. Spend time praying. Even if it's just seconds. Even if it's just seconds. Spend time. Well, I mean, it's a perfect example with running. Like, if I tried to run at the pace that Pete runs, I'd die. My heart would explode. Not to mention my calves and my thighs. You know, my ribs would come out. Um, I can do what I can do. So do what you can do. If your spiritual muscle is not the, the strongest in the room, that's fine. Who cares if it's not the strongest in the room? Do what you can do. Start with where you can start. Spend time in the presence of the Lord. Hang out with other believers that burn hotter than you do. People that, are, that you envy their relationship with the Lord as opposed to the other way around. Sometimes we spend all of our time hanging out with uh, people that, that we're trying to minister to. But unfortunately, sometimes they, they pull us away from the Lord. So spend time with other people and talk. Get your mouth moving around each other. Because the word of the Lord, if it stays as a seed in the ground and it never comes out, no harvest is ever taken. No fruit is ever produced. So you've got to increase your fellowship with each other to let that stuff bubble out your belly. Amen? Amen? Well, if you can, go ahead and stand up. And we are just going to go after this. If, um, if my people that are praying with me this morning could uh, to go ahead and come forward. Father, like we said, that this comes from you. This is not something that we, we make up. We can't gain enough knowledge. We can't gain enough insight or wisdom to be able to pull this off right, Lord. This has to be a word that comes from you, Lord. This has to be a word that comes from you, God. So we come together and say, we are willing vessels for this to happen, God. We want lives to be changed around us, left, right, and center, God. When we wake up in the morning, we want our families' lives to be changed. When we go to work, we want our coworkers and bosses' lives to be changed because of what you're doing on earth, Lord. But God, we know that, that the source is from you. The source is from you, God. So we look to you and we ask you to fill us with your word, God. Just like you told Moses and Jesus and Jeremiah and Isaiah, put your word in our mouths, Lord. Put your word in our mouths. If you can, just kind of keep your eyes closed. Um, like I've been saying a, a few times, if you're a believer in the room, you do this naturally anyways. If you're a believer, this comes easy. You might not even think it, think that it's hard, but what happens if you're not a believer? What happens if you're not really sure if Jesus is in you? What happens if you're not really sure if the Holy Spirit's in you? then it doesn't come easy. Then this doesn't happen. Then we don't have a connection to heaven. So if you're sitting there this morning and you're not really sure where you stand with the Lord, are you a believer? If you're not really sure and you'd like me to pray for you, just slip your hand up real quick. Don't be embarrassed. Hey, thank you. Thank you. If you're sitting there and you're not really sure if the Holy Spirit's in you, Say, I don't, I don't know that anything's ever happened before. I'm not sure that there's any seed in me. And you'd like the Holy Spirit to fill your heart. Go ahead and slip your hand up real quick. Hey, thank you. All righty. So if you uh, lifted your hand up on either one of those, 
kind of don't want to say a prayer that, that you have to repeat. I want you to go after the Lord. And just real simple, say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need you. I need more of you in my life. I don't feel connected. I desire a closer relationship with you. Holy Spirit, fill me. If you felt dry lately, say just Holy Spirit, fill me. Lord, put your word in my mouth. If you have a desire to get into this whole prophecy thing, even though that sometimes it might sound scary, say, Lord, put your word in my mouth. Lord, put your word in my mouth. Not that so I can get a name, not so I can get a microphone, because I want lives changed. I want heaven to come to earth. And I want you to use me to do it. Father, we thank you so much for already using us, God, that this is something that that you, Holy Spirit, are already working in our hearts. You're already doing a great job. And Lord, all we are asking is just you just turn up the dial, Lord. We submit and just ask for more, Lord. That you would come in a greater way, Lord. Lord, we bless you. If you're here this morning and have any physical ailments, or you're having trouble at your job, or you're having trouble with your your family, if you feel like you're at the end of your rope and you need someone standing in front of you saying that, hey, I love you. Even if you don't feel loved in any other situation, any other circumstance, through any other person, we're here to say that we love you and that the Lord loves you. So we're gonna open up the, the altars for time of ministry. If you need someone to pray with you, if you want more in this area, I suggest you come forward and get some of these awesome men and women of the Lord to pray for you, to bless you, to pour into you what they have. The wisdom, the understanding that they have to let it pour into you. Man, if you can, go ahead and come forward if you want.